The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. Daf Nun Bet. Today's Daf is being studied. Alun Shmat of Ram Ben Esther. Allah Hashem for the Hamu Begin Eden. Amen. Today's Daf is being studied. Alun Shmat Sofia Hayab Bat Frida. Allah Hashem for the Hamu Begin Eden. Amen. Today's Daf is being studied. For Ashlema Yosef Ben Sarah Rahamim Ben Adel the Sarah Bat Rachel. Inna Refaranahem. Inna Refaranahem. Inna Refaranahem. For the Nefesh. For the Guf. For the Kibbutz. For the Kibbutz. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Victor Gindi, for continued hatslacha in all his uh, endeavors, continued success, health, happiness, and all good things. Amen. Today's daf, two lines from the bottom. We have a quote from Mishnah of Kohenet. That let's say a guy's married to a Kohenet. So one of the conditions that a person has in his ketubah is what? That in the event that she's taken into captivity, he has to redeem her. But if she's a Kohenet, he's not going to be able to bring her back. Because a Kohenet, even if it's against her will, is forbidden to the husband. But he says, I will return you to your father's house. Because that's what happens. That's the law. The Kohenet goes back to the father's house. So comes to and gives an interesting case. Oh, a new case over here. Now we know an almana is a widow, cannot marry a Kohen Gadol. It's forbidden, it's a Isur. It's so the Hadush of here is even though the marriage is Isur, still what? He's obligated to Redeemer. And the logic is like this, because he could fulfill the condition of the ketubah. Because what does it say in the ketubah? I'll redeem you and return you to your father's house. Well, he could do that in this case over there, because really, she's forbidden anyway. He wasn't allowed to marry uh, in the first place. So you might have thought that since the marriage is maybe all the conditions of the ketubah don't apply. Like we learned in Masichet Yibamot, that uh, when a person marries, let's say, Be'isur, all the benefits that she has as a wife, she does not get. Because she's married, Be'isur. For example, Mezonot, and Refu'ah, and things like that, she does not uh, benefit. But the Hadush is over it, she does still get all the conditions of the Ketubah when she leaves. But if one of the conditions of the Ketubah is what? That if she's taken into captivity, I will redeem you, and return you to your father's house. And that, this can apply in this case as well. Let's read Rashi on the bottom. It's four lines to the bottom. Almana Kohen Gadol. Which means, an almana that marries to a Kohen Gadol, even though the marriage is the Isur, the law is what? She has Ketubah, and all the conditions of the Ketubah apply. Which means, only the conditions of the Ketubah that remove her. From the husband, but the conditions of the ketubah that when they're married, those conditions do not apply. For example, kigon, mizonot, ufuah, right? Those are conditions that apply when she is 
married. She loses those uh, benefits. Right? She loses her benefits of marriage, but she gains the benefits still of when they get uh, separation, the conditions apply. That the condition of the Ketubah of Pirkuna, of redemption, itla. Which means initially, when he married her, he uh, uh, he subjugated himself to this condition. Which means, let's say he married a regular girl, this coin. Wasn't the condition anyway, I'll redeem you and return you to your father. If, was, if the marriage was permissible, it's still the same condition. If you get into captivity, I'll redeem you and send you to your father. So in this case also, and you can say the same thing over here. And since this is done after, uh, um, it's not in the marriage, it's tonight when we're dissolving the marriage. So therefore, and the, 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 the phrase fits in this case, because bottom line, she's going to go back to her father's house. So therefore, Abaye says, the, the condition applies. Comes again and says, in the second case, Mamzeret, Vinitinali, Israel, Eno Chayav, Liftota, Shenani Koreba, Vyot Minachli, Leinto. Person marries a Mamzeret. Okay, or in, uh, or in Itina. This is a marriage that is Tasura, that is forbidden. Okay? Now, what's the condition in the Ketubah? By irregular Israel, if you're taken into captivity, I'm going to redeem you and take you back as a wife. In the case of Mamzeri, can he take her back as a wife? No. No, the whole marriage is the Isur. So therefore, since you cannot fulfill the language of that condition, so Mamzeret is going to be Asura, which means you do not have to redeem her, which means the the Ketubah of redemption does not apply to a Mamzeret. Even though she does get a Ketubah, she also gets benefits of the Ketubah when she leaves. However, this specific Ketubah benefit of Pirkona, she does not get the Ikara, because she never committed to such a thing. That what? That when you when you get to take it in the captivity, I'll take you back. I'll take you back. You cannot make such a condition, I'll take you back. She's forbidden in, in the first place. So therefore, it doesn't apply. So comes again, Baran says, Rava Amar, Rava has a different understanding. Abiyah has a different understanding over here. He comes along and says like this, the rule of Tanai Kituba of Pirkona is the following. If the reason why she cannot go back to the original husband is because of the issue of Shivuya, then the condition applies. But Sheikin, if the reason why she cannot go back to the husband is for a different reason, so then already the condition does not apply. According to Rava, what's the reason why an Almana cannot go back to the Kohen Gadol? Because she was taken into captivity? No. What's the issue of Shivuya? It's because she's Almana to Kohen Gadol. And therefore, according to Rava, he argues on Abaye. Abaye said, The law of uh, redemption applies. Why? Because the phrase that said in the Ketubah, I will redeem you and send you back to your father's house, applies. Rava says, you're right. You're sending her back to her father's house, but not because she was taken into captivity. That's not the item. She's, she's being sent back to her father's house because she is 
forbidden. So the Rav's rule is, the only time the Shivuya condition applies is if that's the reason why she's going to be Asurat al because of the Shivuya aspect. But if she's Asurat Mahmad Davar Akhir, because of a different reason, so the Shivuya law does not apply. Nafkamina, again, the case of the Almana to the Kohen Gadol, that's really she. That she says, the fourth line, Nava'amar. When it comes to Abaye and Rabbah, they both agree by the case of Mamzeret that the condition that the law of Pirkona does not apply. He, she, he never committed himself, I'll redeem you and send you back to your father's house, only because the Shivuyah, she was forbidden from a different reason, he never committed himself. Which is the, the condition of a Kohen and he says really the same condition. He's just saying what? I'm going to give you your Ketubah. By Israel, I'll take you back. Uh, by a Kohen, I'm sent to your father's house. But it's all because of the Shivuya aspect. But if he's coming along, and in the case of a Kohen, I don't do Almanah. He came away in the first place. So therefore, he's sending her back to her father's house because. That's the law, not because she was a Shivya. Even if she wasn't taken into captivity, he has to send her back to the father's house. So the Rava says, the law does not apply. So again, we have a fantastic mahluk in Abayyan, Lava, Legarbe, a case of Almanat, to Kohen Gadol. Abayyan says, what? Well, the condition of Tanakatumah, Pirkun applies, and the Rava says, it does not. That's considered Mahmat, Davar, Ahir. Now the Gemara wants to say that this mahluk in Abayyan, Lava, is actually mahluk amongst the Tanaim. So the Gemara says, let us say that what? That this Mahlokit Abayyah and Naba is indeed a Mahlokit amongst the Tanaim. What's the Mahlokit? Hamadir et ishto. A person, let's say, makes a vow that he's not going to have any Hana'a from his wife. Then Madir, makes a Nadir against his wife. Then this beat, oh, now she was taken into captivity. Now let's just speak it out of it outside for a second. Making a neder that she's forbidden, so now the condition of the ketubah is that what? If you take it into captivity, let's say by a kohen, because that's the way the Gemara is going to establish the case. I'm going to send you back to your father's house. Well, now he has to send her back to her father's house anyway, not because he was a shivuya. He had to send her back to the father's house because of his neder. So you see, the case of neder is similar to a case of davarachet. That the reason why she's going back to the father is not because she was taken into captivity by a case of a queen. She has to go back to the father because, because she said that you're forbidden to me. Anyway, so the Gemara says, Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Podeh, Eliezer, it seems like, holds like Abaye. That says what? Redeemer and pay her the Ketubah. Rabbi Yeshua, Omer, Notenna Ketubata, just pay her the Ketubah, Ve'eno Podeh. But you do not. Redeem. That sounds like he's holding like Ravan. Now the Gemara analyzes the case. Amar Rabbi Natan. Rabbi Natan discusses the case. Sha'alti et sumchus. I asked sumchus. Amar Rabbi Yoshua. Noten la ketubata ve'en apodeh. When the Yoshua said that he does not redeem her. So the Gemara says, Keshehidira ul besof nishmit. What's the case? Is the case where he made a vow against her and then she was taken into captivity? Or benishbit v'nishbit v'nishbit Or she was taken into captivity and then he made the... Vow against them. What came first? The Amarli, lo shamati. The answer is, I really didn't hear. But he comes along and says, it seems uh, that the case is talking about, this is 
the Binatan saying, she did al When the case was she he made the vow against her and then she was taken into captivity. Why? Di Amat the case was about which she was taken into captivity and then he made a vow against her, he can come along and pull tricks, which means every time now the lady's taken into captivity, he'll come along and say, I don't have to redeem her. Why? I made a vow uh, uh, against her that I cannot have any hana. So therefore we're not going to allow uh, such uh, tricks to, to be, uh, we're not going to open it up that the guy can make such a uh, trick. So therefore, the case was be told about where he vowed, and then she was taken into captivity. So now we establish what the cases, but now we have to know the details. Gabriel says, my love, what's the case? Oh, must be the case talking about a case of a Eshet Kohen. Now why does the Gabriel assume that this, this scenario is talking about the, the wife of a Kohen? So look at that sheet. My love, a guy was a Kohen who made a vow against his wife. Now, the Gemara says, the Ibi Israel, because we're talking about a regular Israel, no Amara be the Ezer Podeh. The Bid Ezer would never be able to say Podeh. Why? Which means like this. You always have to keep in mind. In all the cases, you have to keep the phrase of the Tanai Ketubah in order. Now, when a guy is Yisrael, what's the phrase of the Ketubah? I will redeem you and take you back. Now, in the case of a Yisrael that makes a nidr against his wife, can he take her back? No. So then you cannot say that the B and the is going to say Podeh, because to, by Yisrael, he's allowed to take back his wife. Yes, but if he made a vow against his wife, he would not be able to take her back. Anyway, she's Asura Bana. So therefore, you cannot say the case of here is that the B and that said Podeh, in the case of where he made a nidr against his wife, talking about Yisrael. Again, if a guy who's Yisrael is married to a lady, and he comes along and says, oh, you're forbidden to me. And then she takes, she's taken into captivity. So everybody's going to say in that case, you don't have to redeem her. Because what's the language of the Ketubah of Yisrael that's married to a, to a lady? I'm going to redeem you, and take you back. Could that be fulfilled in this case where there's a nidr? No. But in the case of a Kohen, what's written in the Kohen's Ketubah? I will redeem you, I return you to your father's house. Well, in this case over here, of a case where there's nidr, you can fulfill that uh, statement as well. I'll redeem you, and anyway, I have to return you to your father's house. And therefore, it seems like what? We can apply the logic of Abayin Ravaz Mahlokin by the Almanat to the Kohen Gadol to this case. The Gemara says, The Abayin, the Amar, can be the Abayin's Gadol, can be the Is that what? That as long as you can fulfill the conditions of the Kitabah, even though it's Mahmad Davarahayr, even though it's for, for a different reason, it's not coming from the Shibuya aspect, it's coming because of the Nedir, but you redeem her. The the Amar, can be Yoshua. And the Ba'az Gadol going to be sure that's going to say what? That only in a case where the Isur to go back to the Father's house is because of the Shivuya. But obviously the Isur to go back to the Father's house is because of the Barahir. No. So if we want to establish Mahloket Tanaim, Rabbi Yehaz, Rabbi Yeshua, like the Mahloket of Abayah and Rabbah. Kibra says, no, no, you have no proof. Which means, really, I could argue and tell you that this mahlukr over here of the Nidin is not coming. It could be both Tanaim either hold like Abayir, or both Tanaim hold like Rava. Do not uh, make this mahlukr of the Nidin dependent on the mahlukr between Abayir and Rava. Ha'akam ma'askinan, because I'll tell you the case of Nidin is different. Kegon, shenadra ihi v'kiyimla. New case. She made the Nidin. And what? He just confirmed it. We have a law that says when a wife makes a Nidin, the husband has a right to Nullify. But if he doesn't nullify it on the day that he hears the nidr, the nidr becomes established. 
then it becomes valid. So what's the case? So when she made an edir, I don't want to have any edir from you. Right? Now he had an ability, if he wanted to on that day of the edir, to say, nullify. But what? He kept quiet on that day. Oh, so now let's see. Uh, and now what? Now she was taken into captivity. Okay, so now we want to know, does he have to redeem her or not? So the Gemara says, Rabbi Eliezer Sabah, Rabbi Eliezer says, what? You got to redeem her. What's the logic? He put his finger in her, in, in her mouth, which means he, he, he caused himself to get bitten. Which means it's his fault. He's coming along now and uh, 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 establishing the vow, which means what do you want? What do you want now? You want to come along and say this patu from uh, from redeeming her? It's it, it's it's your fault because you on that day when she made the vow against you, you came along. You could have blocked it. You didn't block it. You uh, you accepted it. So therefore, it's like you put your finger in her mouth and she beat you, and therefore you're going to have to uh, redeem her. Which means now she did it herself. She made it in there. He didn't make it in there. And therefore, you made it in there. And therefore, he does not have to redeem her. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, they're not discussing the Mahlogan of Abaya and Rabbah. The Ibi Sudabarahir, Shelo Ayyadeneder, Inam Bekwenet Ayyadeneder, which we did not discussing the Abaya Rabbah Mahlogan of Isudabarahir. The Khudalma Ike Abaya Ike Rabbah, which is either these rabbis can either hold like Abaya or Rabbah. The Haka Kikuchinadrahi. The case of Israel where she made the vow, the kiyem la. And he established it. Ushamar yit kiyem. Either he said, I establish it. There's two ways of a husband that can establish his wife's nedid. Either say, I accept the nedid. Or just keep quiet on the day of the vow. Or, velo. Israel the case of a regular Israel. The ta'amad rabi Yushua de Kasabad, he natna etzba, ben shineha, velo shachtof. Kilomari, he got malatzma. The Biyoshua's logic, why you don't redeem her, is she caused herself to be uh, to be ruined. She's the one that made the nedin. The batil tanashen and the yachol klopi simot binachle into, which means, which way in the kitubah Yisrael, I am going to redeem you and take you back. Now in this case over here, he can't take her back. But why can't he take her back? The Biyoshua says that because she made the. She made the vow. So you, you, you bit your own finger. And if you lose the condition. Whereas according to the B, the Izzid, he says, no. You caused it to yourself, husband, by, 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 by establishing the vow. Which means you could have, uh, you could have protested. And therefore, the Mahalom and the B, the Izzid, is who's at fault over here, so to speak. Which means, again, we all agree the condition of the Ketubah literally cannot be met over here. Because if it's in Israel, he's saying, if you're taking it to captivity, I'm going to bring you. I'm going to take you back. Well, in this case, he cannot take her back because she made a vow against him. So the hadush of Rabbi Yehuda is, you're right, but you know what? Redeemer, pay the money. Why? Because you did it to yourself. You caused her not to be able to come back to you. By what? By virtue of you establishing the uh, so it's your fault. So you put you put your finger in her mouth and you caused yourself your your finger to be bit. 
When a bee was short, comes over to say, don't blame the husband. He didn't make any vows over here. She made the vow. You made the vow. Now we cannot fulfill this line over here of Vot uh, Pinak that I'm going to bring you back. And therefore, that's the Mahloket, which means do not uh, uh, establish the Mahloket between Abayyan Lava and the case of a Amrat to Gadol. I can say the case of Mr. where she made the vow. Now the Gabbana is going to ask some obvious questions if the case of Mr. where she made the vow. Gabbana's first question. Gabbana says. Oh, so the Gemara comes along and says like this: "E he not na it's not ben shinea according to the Yeshua." Right? We're saying it's her fault. Ketuba mai avita. So why should she even get a ketuba? Which means the law is that you're right. You don't have to fill the conditions of the ketuba, but you have to pay her ketuba. Which means once already he gets the vosama. He has to pay a ketubah in this case. Why would he have to pay a ketubah in this case? If you're saying she caused him to get the divorce, because she came along and said, I am making myself forbidden to you. So therefore what? She's caused the guy to get divorced. So therefore why, why should he have to pay ketubah if, if this is the case? Mm-hmm. Again, in, a regular, in these cases, the way the law is, that he has to pay her the ikar ketubah, the main payment of the ketubah. Now again, according to the B.O.S.U.A., he's putting the onus on who? The woman. You bit your own finger off, so to speak. And therefore you lose your tonight ketubah. She should lose a ketubah as well. Because uh, she, she, she caused the guy to get the divorce to him. Because she made a vow against him. The two, Amar Abinatan. And now we go back to that conversation that Abinatan had with Sumkos. Sha'alti in Sumkos, Kishamar Abinatan, no tenna ketubah ta'ave, ena pode, Kishedira, besok nishpit, lo benishpit, lo besok edira, ve'amar lo shamati. Which means Rabbi Natan Esumchus. What was the case? Was the case talking about where she made the, he made the neder first and then she was taken into captivity, or she was taken into captivity then the neder was made? Which came first, right? Now the e ihi. If the case is talking about where she made the vow, Maldi hidira ul besuf nishbit, Maldi nishbit ul besuf hidira. Who cares when the vow was made, whether before the captivity or after the captivity? Which means, if you want to learn like we learned earlier, where he was making the vow, then we understand why there's a difference. Because if he makes the vow after captivity, then already there's a chance for trickery. Because every time she's taken into captivity, he can come along and say, well, I made a vow against her, therefore I don't have to uh, redeem her. But if she's the one that's making the vow, what's the difference when she makes the vow? What's before or after? There's no no room for trickery. So that question that the Minatan Esum Chus really doesn't have a, a place if the case is talking about where she made the Nedir. So we're back to the question. What is the case of the Mahlokat of Rabbi Ezer and Rabbi Yoshua Ela Le'olam de Adra Ihu? Back to the case. He made the vow. But a husband that made a vow against his wife and she was taken subsequently into captivity. Oh. And each rabbi, Abaye and Laba, uh, respectively can explain over here the uh, case. Now, Abaye will explain. Again, what was Abaye Shita? Abaye Shita was that even in the case of an Almanat to a Kohen Gadol, he must redeem her, because he can still fulfill the language of the Ketubah, I'll redeem you and send you back to your father's house. Because I'm not talking about she has to go back to her father's, even though it's Mahmat, Davar, Ahel. Abayi can explain this, look at how. Almana l'kohen gadol, kule alma lo peligi di hayav nefsota. Which means, Rabbi Li'ezer, Rabbi Yoshua, all agree, Almana l'kohen gadol, you got to redeem her. Why? Because the language of the Ketubah can be fulfilled. I will redeem you and send you back to your father's house. So Abayah says, that's no mahlokin. 
Next case. Mamzerim in Israel. A mamzerim, let's say that marriage in Israel, called the Alma Lopedigi De'enu Hayav Neftota. Why? Because in that case, you can't fulfill the language of the Ketubah. Because the language of the Ketubah is what I'll redeem you and take you back. Well, in the case of Mamzerim, you cannot take her back. So everybody agrees in that case as well. Oh, so what's the Ma'alok going to be the Ezra and Rabbi Yushua? It's not by Amana Likwen Gadol. In that case, everybody says, you're redeemed. It's not by a case of a Yisrael. In that case, everybody says, you don't have to fulfill the Tanakh and Tumah. So where's the Mahloket? So the Yabara says, Madir, oh, continue. Madir Eshet Kohen. In a case where a guy makes a neder. That's it. The husband makes a neder. He's a Kohen. Okay, he makes a neder against his wife. Namek on the Alma Lopinigi. Also, everybody agrees, what? The Hayab Niftota. Then he's left to redeem a wife. It's similar to the case of Kohen Gadol. Why? Because he can fulfill the language of the, of the Ketubah. I'll redeem you, but I'll send you back to your father. Since he made a nadir against her, so therefore he has uh, the right to, to send her back to the father. So therefore there's no Mahlokan in that case as well. So where's the Mahlokan? Oh, the case is where he makes a vow against Eshet. Israel. Now, what's the machlokah? Be the ezer azil batar meikara. Then be Yeshua azil batar besof. Here's the machlokah. Do you go after the beginning, or do you go after the end? What do you mean beginning or the end? When the guy got married, there was no day that he didn't make a neder against his wife. Yeah. When the guy got married, the ketubah was written clearly according to the Tanaim. If you get uh, taken into captivity, I'm going to bring you back as my wife. At that point when they got married, was this condition able to be met? Yes. yes. It only got messed up later on when the guy came along and made a murder against his wife, where now he cannot take her back. The Bible says, you know what, in such a case, you go after the time of the Ketubah was written. At the time of the Ketubah was written, this, this condition could have been met. Therefore, even though now it can't be met, you're obligated to redeem her. And of course, you wouldn't be able to take her back. But you go after the Ikara. The Mewichu says, no, no, you go after the time of captivity. Right now, we're taking the captivity. What's the Kedubah say? If she's taken the captivity, I will redeem you and take you back. You cannot take her back because of your vendor. And therefore, in that case, what the was going to say, you do not have to redeem us. So therefore, Abayez says, they are not arguing anything that I'm talking about. They agree to me. They agree to my case of Almanah to Kohen Gadol. They just argue with a different case of, a, a, of the Israel that made a nidr against his wife. Now, Rabbah... Now Ravah is also going to explain this Mahlouk according to his reasoning. Let us understand Ravah again. Ravah's shita was what? Amanat to Kohen Gadol, you do not redeem. Why? Because it's Mahmad Davar Because the reason why you're not taking her back as a wife is not because she was taken into captivity. It's because she's a Almanah. So Gemara says, Almanah to Kohen Gadol, Mamzerim to Yisrael, both cases, Amanat to Kohen Gadol, or Mamzerim to Yisrael, why? Because bottom line, you cannot fulfill, by a mamzeri, you cannot fulfill the literal condition to take her back. And by a amalatu kohen gadol, even though you can fulfill the condition not to take her back, but you're not taking her back, not because of shivuya. You're not taking her back because of, because of the amalatu kohen gadol aspect. So everybody agrees both in those cases, what? That the condition is not necessary, you don't have to redeem her. Exactly, which is the case of that where you made a vow. Whether the guy's a Kohen that vowed against his wife, or a guy, a regular Yisrael, made a vow against his wife. And what's the Mahlokit? Same Mahlokit, which is the Bili Ezra, who goes after the beginning, 
By the way, at the time of the Ketubah was written, this condition was able to be met. Which means you were able, which the marriage was a legal marriage. That's the point. Once it's a legal marriage, you can say at the time of the marriage, you were able to redeem and take her back as a wife. Oh, subsequently made it dead, dead afterwards. Uh, you go after the beginning. The minister says, no, 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 no. You go after the time of the, uh, of the, to, of the, of the ransom, of the, of the, of the Shibuya. At the time of the Shibuya, she's a Mamzerun. You cannot take her back because of Mamzerun. You cannot take her back. I'm sorry. You cannot take her back because of Mamzerun. It's a regular marriage. You cannot take her back because of the Nedir. And then, since you cannot take her back because of the Nedir, the condition is not met. But in the regular case where there was Isur that was done, Everybody will agree, Mamzeret to Israel or Amaratu Kohen Gadol. Everybody will agree that what you do not redeem because bottom line, it's not because of the Shivuya, it's because of the Mahmad That's the way Abaye and Rava understood. So when it comes out, the Maaseh, it is a Mahalokah between Abaye and Rava. The extent of when you have to fulfill this Tanai of the Ketubah. Abaye will say in more cases, not only in the case of a, um, a, 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 a regular case of a marriage, a legal marriage, because you have to fulfill the Tanai Ketubah, but even in the case of an Amarat to Kohen Gadol, where you can still fulfill the language that what? I will redeem you and send you back to your father's house. Well, in that case, you fulfill that condition. Ravah comes along and says, you're right. You're going to send it back to her father, but not because of the fact that you're taken into captivity. Even if she was taken into captivity, you still got to send it back to her father, because you're not allowed to be married to her. So therefore, that, that, that's a clear mahlokin, Abaye and Ravah, that mahlokin stands. They're just saying that the Tana'im did not uh, argue on uh, their uh, case. So we do have another mahlokin amongst the Tana'im, based each one according to their understanding, but the Sibara behind the mahlokin of the Tana'im is do you go after the Ikara, the time the Ketubah was written, or do you go after the time of the captivity, each one according to their understanding of Bayah and Rabbah respectively. Comes the Gibran, continues. New cases. The speed the speed high We know that the Mishnah. The lady was taken in captivity. The husband is obligated to redeemer. Terabanan. The speed behayeh ba'la. Let's say the husband was alive and the wife was taken into captivity. Then what happened? Then the husband died. Hekir ba'la. If the husband knew when he was alive that his wife was taken in captivity, he knew about the captivity, and then he died. Yorshin hayabim liftota. So the inheritors are obligated to redeem. Which means, let's say his children uh, inherit him, right? So those children now are obligated, because the father knew about the situation. Therefore they have to go spend it from their own inheritance money, and redeem the, 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 the father's wife. Lo But let's say the husband did not know about it. So then the inheritors do not have to even make a... Redemption. So there's a story of what? Uh, a case where uh, uh, you had the, the, the case where the, the, the lady was taken into captivity and uh, the husband knew about it and the Levi wanted to make the inheritors uh, pay based on this uh, brighter that we just read. This is what Habibi said. Talakha does not follow this brighter. Ela ki hadi tanya. We follow the following brighter. Nishbit leachar mitad ba'la. If let's say a lady was taken into captivity after the husband died, ena yitumim hayabim niftota. For sure, then the yitumim are not obligated to redeem. Vilo od ela. But not only that. Afinu nishbit behayeb ba'la. Even if she was taken into captivity when the husband was still alive, ve'al kachmet ba'la. 
אין היתומים חייבים לפתותה, שאין אני קורא בה ועוד מנח לאינתור. What's the תנאי of the כתובה? The language of the תנאי of the כתובה is אמרי רדין, you take it back for a wife. In this case, can you take it back for a wife? He's dead. And therefore, since he cannot fulfill what מנח לאינתור, אמרי take it back as a wife, you don't have to fulfill the condition of פרקונה as well, and therefore, he was telling Nevi, hey, listen, don't make the יתומים pay in this case over there. I don't care if she does, she was taking the captivity when the husband was alive. Pala is dead now. The children have no obligation. I should say that the children, the Yorshim, we'll call them, have no obligation to uh, make a redemption. Comes Gemara now and gives another situation. Tanu Rabbanan, we have a Braita. Nishbit. Vayu mevakshim menu ad asara bedamea. Okay, now we're talking about over here the price that the captives want. Let's say she's taken into captivity and they demand a ransom ten times her value. Which means, let's say she can be sold as a shifchat, she can be sold as a servant for a certain price. Right? Let's say a hundred dollars as a price. They come along and say, well, we want a thousand dollars. Ten times the amount that she's worth. The deed is, the first time the husband has to redeem at all costs. But from then on, so if he wants, yeah, if not, not, which means, even if it's for a fair market price, which is the Gebaraz Shita saying over here, the obligation of redemption is one time. When you wrote in your Ketubah, that if you get into captivity, I'm going to redeem you one time. And even if that time is ten times the value. But after, I, after the first redemption is made, now you want to do it the second time, that's fine, but you're not obligated. So comes the and says, the rabbis only established one pidjon. comes along and says, which he says, you never redeem captives above their price. Why? Because of what's called Tikkun Olam, for the establishment of the world. What's the establishment of the world? Because now all of a sudden, if, if the captives know, if the captors know that you're going to pay uh, any price, so therefore you're going to always uh, inflate the price, and therefore uh, they, they're going to they're they're get accustomed to this. So therefore, they're going to know, listen, you take somebody in captivity... We're not paying you above the price. So this is what the Bible Shemangu argues on Tanakama. Tanakama said the first shot, you got to redeem up until even ten times the amount. He comes and says, no, you never pay more than the amount because of the ayan of Tikkun Olam. The Gemara says, Habich did the mehen podin. Oh, but we can make a diuk. But fair market price, according to the value, you have to be put there. Afalgav de pirkona yoter al kitubata. Which means, even though, let's say, the price of the redemption is even more than the established price of the Ketubah. Which means, the Ketubah itself is uh, 100 maneh, 200 zoos, whatever it is, whatever the price of the Ketubah is. According to the Banch Shemagam he's just saying, you don't pay more than her value. But what? Even if, let's say, the Redeemer is more than the actual price to pay for the uh, Ketubah itself, the Ikat payment, doesn't matter. You have to redeem her according to her, uh, her value. So comes again and says, Ulmini, we have a contradiction. This beat. Layla was taken into captivity. Right, up to ten times the amount. Ad asa bechtubata. Of her ketubah. A ketubah payment is 200, let's say. They're asking for 2,000. 
for, for, for redemption. Tanakama says, first shot, you redeem at all costs. If the redemption is equal to the price of the Ketubah, Podeh. Imlav eno podeh. Also, we have a contradiction. The first bright that's smash when a bunch of women saying what you just don't pay more than her value. But even if her value, but if her value is more than the ketubah payment, you pay it. But in the second bright that's smash that not only if it is equal to the ketubah. So make up your mind about the children. What's the uh, what's the uh, the price? So the Gemara says the bunch of women tre kule itle. The Bible really holds two leniencies in the law of redemption. And what are those two leniencies? That's sheep. Third line. That's the first plaita. You never have to pay more than her value as she was be sold as a shifha. And the second Brayta is teaching me you never have to pay Redeemer more than the value of what the Ketubah is. Which means like this, the Gemara is really answering. Learn each Brayta as a separate individual leniency and don't make implications. We wanted to make an implication from the first Brayta and say, Oh, you don't redeem her more than her value, but redeem her more than her Ketubah value. No, 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 no. It's two separate kunote. Number one, right and number one is teaching me you never have to redeem her more than what she's worth. Right and number two is teaching me you never have to redeem her more than the actual Ketubah's value is worth as well. So that's the two kunot that a bunch of women gave in the hill. Has it. Each bright as a spouse another uh, another kula. Comes the Gemara and continues. Almanan nizonet menichse yetomim. Okay, Almana, that's the, the widow. She is uh, supported, meaning mizonot, uh, food. Yetumim, from the nechasim, uh, from the uh, assets that the yetumim, that's one of the conditions of the ketubah, that the yetumim have to support the uh, the, 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 the wife uh, uh, with mizonot. Vesilicha refuah, let's she needs medicine. Harei ke mizonot. So I rule now. Medical bills is considered like mizonot. What's pshat? Just like mizonot is sustaining her life. So what if I also was like sustaining her life, and therefore it's a necessity, and therefore the children have to, the, the, yours have to also pay for a medical. That she fourth line. V'sinicha refuah. She needs medicine. Harei kimzonot. Ve'im sinicha refuah. Harei refuah kimzonot. The tervayu hiyutaniru. Both are uh, life sustaining. If let's say the refuah has a kitzbah, which means it's a definitive, so it's not open ended, which is there's a certain uh, let's say uh, procedure she needs or a certain medicine she has a certain price. So then already that she pays from her own uh, kitzbah. Husband died. Husband died. She may left her own kitzbah. So she'll pay that from her own uh, kitubah that she uh, that she gets. She ain't Oh, but if it's open-ended refuah, harei kimzonot. Then it's like mizonot. And what's the logic? The logic is, because mizonot is something that recurs every day. Got to eat every single day. So refuah follows the same guidelines as mizonot. If, if the refuah is a type of refuah that's 
an ongoing uh, chronic uh, refua where you need the uh, you know, constant uh, constant medicine, whatever it is, bills, then already it's like mezurot. But if it's just a certain uh, procedure that has a certain value, then she has to pay for it herself. That's the shita of Rabat Shugamaliyah. Amar Yohanan. Asua kazad dam be'erish Yisrael kirfua she'en la kitzpah. You should know bloodletting in Eretz Yisrael is like a refuah that has no end. Because it seems in Eretz Yisrael, bloodletting was very uh, beneficial to them. It was like very uh, needed. They used to let blood out. It was, like a, it was like a healing. And they used to do it, I guess, very often. And then when the Gemara say that you should know bloodletting is like a, is like a, a refuah that's open-ended. Therefore, it's paid by the Yitobim. That's considered like Mizrot specifically in Eretz Yisrael. Seemingly in Bavel, had Kazad Dam maybe wasn't so uh, beneficial. And therefore, that would not be paid. So there's a difference in Israel or regarding Had Kazad Dam. Comes the Gemara and says a story. Kerebed Rabbi Yohanan. The relatives of Rabbi Yohanan, Havalehu Itat. They had a uh, wife, Itat Abba. Means they're. Uh, they're Father's wife, get, get the story, the f- relatives of Rabbi Hanan. There was a situation where they had Yetumim, and their father's wife, they needed, or she needed, every day. Now, what's the law according to Rabbi Shagavadiel? If it's every day, they got to pay for it, it's like Mizanot. Well, Atu, they came in Rabbi Hanan, so they came in front of Rabbi Hanan for advice. Amar lehu. So listen to what the Bihar advises his relatives. Izlu, go to the doctor. Kutsu le midi le Make a set price for the doctor. Tell the doctor, listen, for this whole situation, instead of uh, every day, I'm going to give you a set price. This is the price we're giving you. And now, what did he gain? Now already you turned an open-ended refu'ah into a... Closed the trees a price. Now you don't have to pay. So he was really giving his relatives advice how to get around the uh, the law. There he wants to protect his relatives. Of he's giving him a legal halakhic uh, loophole. So comes the Gemara and says that she says that he should accept the fu'a olamit bekach bekach, which we set a price for him. Listen, you're gonna have to take care of this lady for the next uh, fifty years. We're giving you this this price. And then already it's a set price. So the Gemara says he regretted that Rabbi Yohanan what he did. I made myself like a lawyer. Which means he said that wasn't right what he did. Because really now he's going to give advice to a a family member which is not uh, you know, which is not right. It looks like it looks like he's uh, you know uh, biased. Look at that I sh- I'm showing myself as a prejudice. Meaning I like one of the uh, litigants more than the other. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm preparing his claims to the judge. Literally is the one that prepares the case in front of the judges, which means he sets up the claims in front of the judge. So now the Gemara says, but what did the Bihar think in the beginning? What do you think in the end? In the beginning, he told him he was doing a good thing. He went and gave his relatives advice. At the end, what he says, ah, I shouldn't have, uh, I regret. Well, what, what was he thinking in the beginning? What was he thinking in the end? The Gemara concludes, 
originally it was basically it was his acts on a pasuk that says, do not deny yourself from your relatives. Which means your relatives need help. You got to go help your relatives. Which means this is a monetary case. If, I, if he didn't step in, they would have rather have to pay this money for the rest of their lives. So when you see your relatives are in the... A situation you have to go in and uh, try to save them. That was that. That's what uh, um, um, caused the Yohanan to to go and help. But at the saw at the end when he regretted, he felt that Adam Hashuv is different. Why? You shouldn't give a etza uh, an advice like this even to the relatives. Why? Because. Uh, What's going to happen is, people are going to come along, the way it's saying over here, and they're going to give advice like this, even to those that are not relatives. And that's already something that's not proper to do. Why is it not proper to do? So it seems that if it's coming to, if it's to your relatives, you want to help them out, okay, but when you see Adam Gadol do it, they're going to come along and think, what, that even non-relatives, you come along now and start giving them... Uh, Giving them uh, ways out of the then that's not fair because you have to you have, you have to uh, to look at some of it. It's not fair to give one guy a, a, an option out if it's your family member because you have an excuse. But if it's not your family member, how can you give him a, a way out and not the not the other guy? So Rabbi Hanan felt that if he's going to do it in my family members, give such advice, people are going to take it that why you can do this even by non-family members. If it's going to be like your prejudice to one side, it's really not fair. So therefore, he regretted what he did. Mishnah. No katavla benin dechrin diyevu lechi minai inun yertun kesef ketumbatech yeter al hulakhon deim ahuhon hayav shutenai bedin. Amishnah now discusses another condition that bedin makes with the regarding a ketumba. This is a very important condition that we discussed briefly in the previous Dapi, but now the Gemara is going to go into it to explain to us. That is called the condition of Benin Dechrin. Literally, Benin Dechrin means the male children. And what, is that, uh, what does that say? Basically, the uh, condition of Benin Dechrin is as follows. That let's say a person uh, is, is married. Very good. So, of course, he's married. He has a ketubah. He has an obligation to, to give the ketubah to his uh, wife. Now, let's say in this situation over here, a person's wife dies. So, therefore, the husband now inherits the ketubah back from his wife. Now, let's give a scenario so we can go right into the Mishnah, where a person had two wives, let's say. Okay? And both of his wives died. So the husband now really inherits both of the values of that ketubah, which is the wife also brings into the marriage assets, right? So those assets now are going to become the yirusha of the husband. So technically and halakhically, when the husband dies, technically all his children should equally divide the yirusha, which means the children of both wives should divide the entire estate Equally, that's what should be the halakha, because they're inheriting from the father. However, the hachami made over here a takana, the takana of binin dechrin. And what does that say? That when the husband dies, each ketubah will be divided to the children of that mother. 
And then the rest of the estate will be divided equally amongst all the brothers. Now, the Hakamim, the Gemara's going to tell us the reason why the rabbis made such a takana, where they're really tinkering with the laws of Yerusha. The laws of Yerusha say, all the children, from all the wives, doesn't matter, the boys, they should divide the whole estate equally. They were saying, no, the rest of the estate, leave Ketubat, are divided equally, but the Ketubot themselves are divided respectively to the children of each wife. And now let's read that inside. Lokatavla. Now let's just discuss the case of Al Mishnah. Al Mishnah is where he didn't write this in the Kitubah, he didn't write the stipulation. So as we learned in previous Mishnayot, once it's a Tanai Bedin, once already it's a condition of the Bedin, even if you didn't write it in the Kitubah, it's an automatic. Therefore the, uh, the Takana is going to apply. So let's read that. Lokatavla Bedin Dikhlin. If he did not write in the Kitubah, your male children, that you are going to have from me, Inun they are going to inherit Kesef Ketubatech, the money of your Ketubah, besides, over and above the Yerusha, uh, the, the, the assets, the Imahohod, that they're going to inherit with their brothers. Hayav. He's still Hayav, even though he didn't write it. Why? Shu Tenai Beti. Because this is considered a Tenai Beti. Let's read Rashi. Matnitin. Yetan al-Hulakhon de'im ahuhon b'nei isha acheret. Im tamuti v'chayai v'irashek. Which means, if, let's say, he's telling his wife. If, uh, if you die. In my lifetime, and I am going to inherit you, in the Ketubah, Yitlu Banayich Ketubatech. Your children are going to receive that Ketubah. Venafkamina Shema Mirubahi. Which means, let's say like this. Nafkamina, let's say, there was two Ketubot. One Ketubah had uh, a lot of assets. So those children are going to receive more assets than the other brothers of the other wife. Because they inherit directly their mother's Ketubah. Let's say one wife has a lot of children. A lot of children, so they divide it up uh, more ways. When the other wife has less children, so it's advantageous for those children, the less children, they'll get the, the uh, mother's ketubah. Uh, Comes the Mishnah now and discusses a second Tanai. In Beti, and the Mishnah says, Benin or Benan Nukban, the Yahavin Lechiminai Yehavan Yadvan Bebeti, Umidzanan Benechasai, Ad Telakhon the Gubrin, Hayav Shutanai Bet Din. One of the other conditions of Betin is regarding the girls, the daughters. A condition of Betin says that. After the father dies, the, uh, he does establish like a trust for the daughters in order for them to be supported until either they became a bogeret or until the time that they get married. Now even if he didn't write that condition in the Ketubah, the estate is obligated to pay that money out because it is considered a Tanai Bet Deed. Next Tanai Bet Deed, Atehiyatva. Bebeti umedzena menechasai kol yemem megar al menutayich bebeti hayav shutenai bedin, which means another tenai bedin was that the almana, the widow, is supported by the estate until she gets married. 
which is so long as she remains in Almana in the house, so they have to support her. So let's say he didn't write that in the Ketubah, it doesn't matter. Tonight, Bedi, she still gets her money. Does she? Kol yemem begar al Kol yemem meshech al Which is so long as the duration of your widowhood, as long as you stay uh, you know, in the house, you don't get married, so the money is uh, paid. This was the way the people of Yerushalayim, their custom was to write in the uh, Ketubah. Which means this language, you know, the whole duration of your Al-Mirutayich, you will get uh, supported. And the people of the Galil also would write in the Ketubot the same way like Anshe Yerushalayim. Anshe Yehuda, Hayu Kodvim, which means you'll get supported until the inheritors pay your Ketubah. Which means, once they pay the ketubah, because now the husband died, she has to get a ketubah payment. Who, who pays on the ketubah? The children that inherited. So therefore, they, uh, the, the law they said was like this. She can get supported, but once the children pay off the ketubah, she said, on the fichach, if the yorshi wanted, notim la ketubata, they can pay our money for the ketubah, and they can say that their patuji is their example. Now the Gemara analyzes. Amar Yohanan, Mishum, Rabbi Shimon, Ben Yohai. The Penema hit Kinu Ketubat Benin Dikhrin. What's the logic of this Takana of Benin Dikhrin? That what? That the children of each respective wife are going to inherit, respectively, the amount of their mother's ketubah. Because again, from the Torah law, technically, once already the wife died, the father inherits everything. So now all the children really should divide everything that's coming to them equally. So why did the rabbis make a takana benin dechlin that the boys will inherit, specifically their mother's ketubah? So the Gemara says, Kedesh sheikfos adam v'yikhtov libito kibno. Because we want the father of the bride to write a nice dowry just like he would give his sons we want him to take care of his daughters now why is this going to be an incentive to take care of his daughters because the following if let's say let's discuss the opposite let's say Benin Dekhrin law would not apply so that means the father would come along now he put a nice dowry let's say for argument's sake a million dollar dowry and now what's going to happen she's going to die the daughter of this father is going to die Who's going to inherit? Inherit the husband's going to inherit the money, and then that million dollar dowry is going to end up going to children that aren't even related to him. Which is going to go to a children to a different wife if you divide it equally, and therefore it's going to be a non-incentive uh, for the father of the bride to give a dowry because you don't want that money to go uh, to strangers. So by establishing benin dechrin, so nice. Listen, even in the event that his daughter dies and his son-in-law inherits, when the son-in-law dies, at least it's going to go to his daughter's children. So therefore, he's not going to be hesitant to put a nice uh, dowry. So that's the logic of Benin Dekhrin. So comes the Gemara and says, let's just read the Rashib. Once already, halakhically, once the father, when the husband inherits his wife, which is why does the children inherit the dowry? So that she says, 
Because at least he knows that his grandchildren are going to at least get a, uh, a piece of that. Comes again what says, Ubi ika bidi de Rahmana Amar Bera Lirut. Do you have a case where the Torah says the son inherits? Berta Lotirut. According to the Torah, the daughters do not inherit. Now the rabbis are going to come along and establish that the daughters should inherit? Now, let's be, let's be careful over here. We're not giving a case over here where the daughter, daughters are inheriting anything over here. It's not, it's not a case of the daughters. It's a, daughter of, it's, it's a law of, of boys inheriting. But the, the point of the gist of the Gemara's question is from Torah law, you're changing the laws of inheritance over here. Which means in this case, it's as if you're saying, it's, a, it's as if you would say like this, Boys inherit, girls don't inherit. You know what? Give it to the girls. Similarly, what we're doing over here is all the boys should inherit equally. And now you're coming along with a Tekanad Rabbanan and saying what? Override the Torah law of equal inheritance and give a Yerushat to uh, the respective uh, children. Do you do that? So the Gemara says, this is also a Torah concept, the law of Benin Dikhrin. Now we have to be careful as well. When it says it's a Torah concept, it doesn't mean it's literally a Torah concept, meaning it's from the from the tradition, the Kabbalah. It's like it's like from a tradition that we have written from the Devi'im. Just the different levels of law. There's of course explicit Torah law, then you have rabbinic law, then you have laws from the Devi'im Kabbalah, which is laws that are written from the Devi'im. So this custom already of Benin Dikhrin can be traced already back from the prophets. Why? What does the prophet say? Dikhtiv, it says in the Navi, that this is the prophet Yirmiyah. Nashim says, take for yourselves wives, ve'ulidu banibu banot, and have uh, children. Nashim, take for your sons wives, nashim, and give your daughters to men. So the Gemara analyzes. Bishlama banim. We understand when it comes to marrying of your children. It's in your uh, it's in your ability. You can marry off your your son, correct? Person goes, he finds a wife for his daughter, and he goes, he marries off for his son, and he marries off. However, when it comes to him, he says, go marry off your daughters. What do you mean? It's not, it's not in the father's ability to marry off his daughters. So the Gemara says, yes, it is. Which means they're saying, uh, uh, to literally cover her up, and supply for her a substantial dowry, so the men will jump on her. So what do you see over here? The Nabi already is advising that it's proper that a father will provide a nidunya, a proper dowry for his daughter, in order that the people will come and, uh, and, and take her. So therefore, we go back to our issue. The law of Benin Dikhrin is really just to keep an establishment that was ready from the times of Nevi'im. That the father will want to provide a proper uh, nidunya, a proper dowry. And therefore, it's not really overriding a Torah law. It's in the spirit of the Vrei Kabbalah, the Nevi'im, that said the father would provide the proper dowry. Now the question is, how much? So the Gemara is Ve'ad Kabbalah Which means Up to 10% of his assets Of his full assets of the father That's how much he should be willing to provide For a dowry In order to marry off his daughter Now the Gemara is going to ask 
a uh, a list of questions regarding this takana of benin dechrin. Question number one: Ve'ema de'av lirut de'ba'al lo lirut, which means like this: We should say that what the money that the father provided for the, uh, the dunya. So that already, we agree, the dunya, the extra money, that should go already to the, uh, to the children. However, the kitubah payment itself, which means, and the tosifat kitubah, that's already, that's the standard kitubah, the ba'al, lolirut, which means the children should not get that money, which means, what's the whole logic of binin dikhnin? So the father will give the dunya. Good. So why does the deen say that not only does the nidunya go to the children, but the ketubah itself goes to the children? No, the ketubah should be divided equally amongst all the, uh, all the children, which is the incentive factor is on the nidunya. Yeah. So then once you gave the children of the mother that dowry, why do you have to give also the uh, other, other payments of the ketubah, which is not say the husband... Uh, uh, Promised his wife he's going to give her, uh, you know, the two hundred that he has to give. Let's see, tosefet kintubah to give you extra monies as well. So that already uh, should be given equally to the to, to, to the children. Why why do they benefit to that? That's not a takana for benin dechrin seemingly. So that's the Gemara's first question. So comes the Gemara's. Let, let's read Rashi, please. So look at Ashi, the Emma, the Av Lirut, which means the father's portion, the Nidunya Lirut, Lirash, she go to the children. The Baal, but the husband's portion, the Ketubah, Lo Lirut, Kevan, the Tama, Kedeshik, Portsli, Ten, Lebito, who did he call Nidunya, the Av Lebito, Lirtun, Banim Dila, about Shar Ketubot, Nixia Balkon, Banima, time to seven the Baal, Lo Lirtun. Like that, like we understood the question. So the Gemara comes along and says, Im kid, if you're going to do that, Avna Mim Mimna Velo Katab. He's still not going to write Nidunya. You know why? Because the father's last going to be like this. Oh, the husband's being so particular when it comes to his money that his money goes to him and goes equally. You know what? I'm not. Uh, he's not being generous with his side of the kitubah. I'm not going to be generous with my side of the kitubah. Either. I'm not giving the dunya also. Well, only only uh, only my stuff uh, will go. But he doesn't want to share uh, his stuff with my children, with my grandchildren. So he doesn't want to share it. I'm not sharing as well. So that will also cause a disincentive for the uh, for the father. Look at Ashi. which means this Tanai that we're saying should be dependent if there was a Nidunya. Which means, if the father left a Nidunya, if the father left, let's say, a uh, dowry, then already the law of Benin Dikhrin should apply. 
Because the logic applies. But let's say the father did not leave a dowry. So seemingly what? The law of Benin Dichlin should not apply, and therefore what? All the children should inherit the entire ketubah equally. It means the whole logic was what? So the father will not uh, abstain from writing in the dunya. But let's say you had a case where the father of the girl did not write any in the dunya. So now already, nothing to do with incentive, he didn't write in the dunya. So in this case over here, the law of Benin Dichlin should not apply. Therefore, when the, fa- the husband dies, the entire ketubah, well there's no in the dunya, but the ketubah payment itself and all the extras should be divided equally amongst all the, uh, all the sons. So the Gemara says, You're right, but based on a principle that we say, The rabbis, sometimes when they make their laws, they make them across the board. Which means they're not going to start saying, if there was, if there isn't, they're already making uh, uh, you know, discrepancy in the law. So therefore, The law is the law, whether the reason applies or whether the reason does not apply. Oh, so now the Gemara has a few more questions. Gemara's question is, Bat ben habbanim name terut. Now, let's say you have bat ben habbanim, which means he had he had two wives, same case. One of the wife had boys, and the other wife, let's say, had a girl. So the law should be that she should also inherit her mother's ketubah. Again, the whole logic is what is an incentive that the father writes in the dunya. So therefore, why are you only saying binin dechrin? Why are you only saying boys? Even if there was only girls, still, she should get the, uh, the, 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 the compensation of her mother's ketubah. Why? So her father, when uh, she's made, she's getting married off, he'll put a, he'll put, put a nice uh, in the dunya there. Why? Because he'll know that at least it's going to go to his family. What's the difference if it goes to his sons or it goes to his grandsons or his granddaughter? But we know the law is not like that. The law says that the Benin Dikhrin only is to the boys. It doesn't go to the girls. So the Kabbalah's question is why not? The Kabbalah, if it's a bat ben abanim, she should take her, her mother's ketubah's payment uh, uh, directly. Uh, they should divide it and give it to her. So the Kabbalah says, Kenahala shavyuha rabbanan. Which means, the rabbis established the tenai ketubah of benim dechrin based on the laws of inheritance. As a matter of fact, if you look at the language of the tenai ketubah, it says, inun yartun. You are going to, they are going to inherit. Now we know the laws of inheritance is, that the boys inherit, not the girls. So therefore, since it's, it's, it's based on a laws of inheritance, therefore the girls are not going to get a piece of the action. Now, this only explains where there's boys from one wife and a girl from another. Because when you have boys and girls, the boys override the girl. But let's, let's say, which is the next question, let's say it's all girls. Gemara's question: Bat ben habanotirut, which means let's say you have girls from one wife, a girl, a girl from the other wife. Now, in this case over here, you can't come. It's following the laws of inheritance. Good. Who inherits in this case over here when the father dies and there's no boys? Who inherits? The girls. And therefore, we should say what? We should say that each mother, her kitubah should go to her. Girls, but the law is not like that. When there's just girls, the law is it's all equal. Everybody gets equal. The chaurah, why not? Let each mother's kitubah go directly to the girls. So comes again what it says. Lo The rabbis did not make a hiluk, which means just like if you have 
girls. Ben Abbanim. The girls are not Yoresh. So therefore even Bat, Ben Abbanot, also is not going to be Yoresh. Okay, now we go to another question regarding this Takana of Benin Dechrin. Vitigbe Mimetaltele. Now, the law is like this. We know that regular Ketubah payment itself, as we learned earlier in the Gemara, that already is paid from Karka. That's paid from the estate, from property. That's the way the payment is made from property, not from Metaltele, not from movables. But in this case over here, also the law is that the Benin Nichrin money that's given to the uh, children of the of the mother is also given from property. Now why? If you want to create incentive, it should even be paid from metatli, from movables. Because again, the whole logic is I want the father to write a uh, nice dunya, so I should pay this off in any way uh, possible so the father at least will know is these kids are going to get uh, this money regardless. So therefore it should even be from uh, metatli. So the Gemara says, Kichtuva shavyua rabbana. So the rabbis treat the Tanai Kittubah like the Kittubah itself. It's not going to be better than the Kittubah itself. And just like the Kittubah itself is only paid from Karka, so too the Tanai Kittubah is only paid from Karka. Oh, so the Gemara asks, Titrof which means the law of Kittubah is like this. Let's say the uh, husband had property, and now he sold that property. And now he dies. Halakha says the wife is able to go now to the buyer of that property and uh, possess it. We possess it. Why? Because there's a shi'abud on it. Which means when it was sold, there's a lien on that property, which means that that property has a lien on it from the wife or a kitubah. So a kitubah is paid from mishabideh, from properties that have liens on them. Oh, so the khawrah, the same thing should be with the tanai kitubah. With the case of Benin Dekhrin, but the law is not like that. Benin Dekhrin, you can only take from the property that's in the possession of the father himself when he died, or the husband himself when he died. But you cannot go, the, the, the boys cannot go now to the property that was sold and claim it. Uh, why not? If you tell me it's, it's, it's modeling the Kitubah payment, so therefore it should be the same thing that you also take from the Shabbat Comes again, Moran says, Yirtun Tenad, which means, as we learned earlier, that this is working mita'am Yirusha. And Yirusha, you only inherit what was in the father's possession at the time that he died. You don't inherit things that he sold. And it was, since it's, wor- so it's, it's, it's working from two laws. It's working from the Kitubah law, but it's also working from a Yirusha law. And therefore, both of those laws are going to manifest themselves in the laws of Bedeen Dikhrin. And Gemara asks one more question. And this is actually the last question that Gemara asked regarding the Kitubah of Benin Dekhrin. We're going to learn later on in the Mishnah, Daft if a person, let's say, was married to two wives, and they died uh, when he was alive, and then he died over here. So now each uh, set of children are coming to take their uh, mother's uh, Kitubah. So the law is that... The only way they can take their monies, respect the monies for the ketubah, each one, is that, that after they divide uh, and take uh, their uh, ketubah payments, their, uh, their monies, there'll still be something left over, at least a dinar's worth, to divide amongst all the brothers equally. Again, the law of Benin is not the regular Torah law. The Benin is saying, you'll get... 
your mother's items for monies and you'll get your mother's items. The Torah law of Yerusha is what? That everybody divides everything equal. So the Gemara is going to say later on that the law of Bedin Dichin only applies in a case when you're still able to fulfill Torah Yerusha. Yeah. How is that? After the Bedin Dichin division, the father at least has one more dinar left to his name, but they can use that dinar not to divide equally amongst all the brothers. So if you could still fulfill the Yerushad, the Oraita, then already you do the law of Bedin Dichin. But however, let's say that at the end of the whole Yerushad, there's not going to be anything left. If you just do the Bedin Dichin division, there's not going to be anything left, then the law is you don't do Bedin Dichin. Then all that money that's uh, for the Kitubahs are divided equally amongst all the, all the children. So now the Gemara asks, <laughs> If the whole reason is to make this Takana, is in order to, to give the father an incentive, so I should say that the law applies even if there is no Dinar left over, which means the law should apply even if this is the only Yerushah that's going to be, uh, to be applicable. Why is the Mishnah later on give us a, 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 a condition that only if there's an extra Dinar they can split equally amongst the brothers? Why? You should say it uh, in, in all cases. So comes again what it says, Obviously, it's Jeez, the rabbis did not establish Benin Dechrin to override a Torah law. Doralo is what all the brothers inherit equally. So therefore, when there's a dinar in place that the Toralo will be able to manifest itself, then of course the Benin Dikhrim will apply as well. But if the case is going to be when the Benin Dikhrim is going to override the Torah law, the Achavim never established Benin Dikhrim from the inception. Which is your question is based on, go after the reason. We want to get the father an incentive to give his daughter. You're right. But the rabbis never established that at the expense of a Torah law. And therefore, only in a case where the Torah will be able to manifest itself, for example, when there's a dinah left over, they can find it equally. Then we're going to say, what? The Lord, 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 the